Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. When we had uh, several younger children in the home, I remember that uh, one would kind of break a rule or provoke, and it was so easy to be firm in my response. I mean, you dared to cross my line, or you dared to... I just told you not to do that, and oh, that that can be frustrating. Um, But in that moment, there are other things I could say to my child that could make a big difference. I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta. He's in charge of our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, you're a parenting expert, um, so you've got it together. But (laughs) talk about a time a friend of yours maybe didn't respond so well when a child broke a rule, disappointed them, or, or something else similar. You know, I, I've had a few of those as, as I'm thinking through the moments. One of the big ones was when my son was playing basketball, and he had done really well uh, the week before and was called up to play on the, the higher team and had probably one of his worst games. Mm-hmm. And we were so excited about this game, and at the end, as he was coming out, he made so many mistakes. I, I was wanting to say, hey, what happened here and what happened there? And, and I remembered a time when my dad asked me that when he came after a game and how I just wasn't ready for that type of conversation with my dad. Mm. And I didn't feel loved in that moment. And so going back to that place, I said, I want my son to feel loved as he comes out. That's going to be more important. And it was so, every single ounce of emotional momentum inside of me wanted to kind of that coach side, hey, son, you could have done this. You could have, man, that pass. And so I stopped all those thought bubbles and went to the first one. I just hugged him, and I said, I love you, man. Uh, it's, it, was, it was fun to watch you hmm. play. It truly shifted my mindset to gratitude rather than criticism. Yeah, and you affirmed and, uh, him as a person instead of dwelling on the performance, which right. we as parents can so easily get stuck on. Right, and what he said was powerful. He said, Thanks, Dad. I know I didn't do very well. Hmm. And it was a moment he still recalls. Yeah. So that's great. Well, kids uh, know intuitively when they don't measure up. And uh, what we've talked about right here is something that leads us to a conversation about something that grandparents seem to just do so very well. They love their grandkids for who they are, not for what they do or don't do. And um, we're going to hear from Michelle Howe now, talking with Jim Daly. And Michelle's addressing uh, what we're talking about from the lens of a grandparent. But I think you'll find some really appropriate things for you to put into place as a parent as well. Hey, you actually had a moment in the car with a grandson. I think two of your grandsons Mm -hmm. were in the car, and they were kind of doing some stuff that uh, freaked you out. What happened, and how did you manage it? Well, my oldest daughter and her husband were on a job search across the state with their infant son. We had the two other boys at our house for three days or so, and I was wiped out. I mean, wiped out. I don't sleep well. I mean, I was done. Because I'm older and I'm done, you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like a young mom, so I'm, I'm driving them home and it was going fine. And I was mentally thinking, "Wow, we had a really great three days, no fighting. It was just bliss." And all of a sudden, I hear this blood curdling scream. My eye, he pulled my eye out, and I mean, it, it was so loud and so piercing that I went, ah, you know, almost went jerk off the, the car, road, jerked the car. I, I stopped the car. I get out. I fully expecting to see some eyeball not right. And then I looked at and I talked to them and said, you cannot scream in the car. 
you cannot do that. Grandma will go in the ditch. We'll be in real trouble then. So and, a little bit of guilt. Yeah, a little bit of guilt. <laughs> but I get back in the car, the same thing happened. And oh that my. time I did it twice. And the next time I was probably sterner because grandma was running out of patience. And, you know, they quieted down. Now, I didn't yell at them, but I was stern. We get them to their house. I'm unpacking, you know, and the one little guy, he's looking at me and he's like, big eyes. And I said, what's wrong, honey? Oh, no, no. And, and then I realized I'd never been stern with him before. That's the first time he had seen it. Yes. he'd first time he'd seen it, shook him up. And then I talked to him and I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I had to be stern with you, but went over it again, got him out of his car seat, gave him a hug and a kiss. We were fine. But at that moment, I realized, as Paul Tripp says in War of Words, every word is a word from God. Yeah. And they're responsible. So either we're going to build people up or we're going to tear them down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that applies in grandparenting. You can't be, you know, critical and negative. And a lot of the things that, you know, moms and dads struggle with day to day with their kids because they see misbehavior. Yes. But boy, with your grandkids, there's a whole different ball game. And you really have to be careful because their little hearts, they look at you as grandma or grandpa and think, they love me, you know, unconditional love. And if you have to do that, do it the right way. Yeah, and it's a great point when you think the spiritual dimension of that, because grandparents so often represent love, mm-hmm. the love of God. I mean, they and unconditional, even right. more so than the parents, because the parents have to lay down the rules, reinforce the rules. Sure. So they're about truth. Yep. <laughs> What's the truth about your dirty room? Yeah. Where grandparents tend to concentrate on loving that child, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, ironically, it's probably how God thought it would turn out, right? Right. But in that regard... Um, Grandparents aren't always in a position to be loving and kind, and that that creates its own kind of unique dynamic. I know for Jean's mom and dad, of course, uh, they're not Christian. They weren't Christian before they Mm -hmm. passed away, to the best of our knowledge. And in that regard, uh, they had some pretty definite ideas that we don't watch the kids overnight. You know, she had a nice toy box for them and her other grandkids when they came over. It was special that Mm -hmm. way, and they enjoyed that interaction. And she was playful with them and those things, but mm-hmm. only for a couple hours. Right. You know, this is the extent of what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really necessarily that declared, but it was it was known. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for adult children with grandparents that um, they want a bit of the kids, but they don't want a lot of the kids? Mm-hmm. And that's common. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I think we have to realize and accept that every grandparent may not even be excited to be a grandparent. Right. I mean, especially from our culture, I mean, a lot of people think now, I raise my kids. I'm not babysitting anybody else's kids, even their own grandchildren, which is super sad. Right. This is my time. This is my time. <laughs> my free time. It is. And I get that, yeah. but, you know, they're missing out on a blessing. But absolutely. how do they ma- manage that emotionally as the parents, the adult children of these parents? It's tricky. I mean, you know, I have parents who babysat our kids and my mother-in-law babysat our kids you know they both were working full-time so it wasn't a lot but they were always happy to see our kids I mean and you knew it but then I have friends who her mom never babysat her kids at all and didn't want any part of them and I saw my friend wrestle just with almost being bitter. Well, I would think that the problem is you build up expectations. Mm -hmm. And I I would start with maybe the advice being don't have very high expectations in that relationship, that they can do more than what they're willing to deliver. Right. Right. Well, in media, what do you see in commercials? Grandparents with their grandkids. Doting and loving. Doting and loving. (laughs) I mean, the world tells us when you have children, the grandparents are going to be there and have a significant role in their life. And if you don't live up to that, you know what? You probably already, like you said, maybe sort of estranged 
with your adult children or with, you know, it depends on which way it's going, all that tension. Exactly what you said is right. Expectations have to be managed and you have to let them go. Right. And you have to work on gratefulness and thankfulness for what they will do. Well, as I said, uh, Michelle was addressing some of these things uh, that we as parents deal with from a grandparenting perspective. Good, good content from her. Danny, let me go back to something she said about her grandson um, not being used to her being firm with him. Uh, how do you advise people to be encouraging, even if it's a situation where we have to confront and it's not going to be pleasant? <laughs> yes, it, it, those are uncomfortable moments. It's important to have an observation in your mind of what you're observing. So you see a child wanting a toy and say that, hey, I noticed you really wanted that toy. And there are much better ways to get the toy, and you didn't choose one of those. So mm-hmm. let, me, let me help you make that choice. Let's practice. Let's rewind. Try it again. And what you're doing is, is you're stepping into train. You're confronting something, but in a way that yeah. is, is, is friendly, is loving, and you're saying, hey, clearly you, you missed that choice, and let's try it again. You can make that choice. And you're, you're pressing rewind on life with your child, helping them learn the skill. So in what you just said there, I'm struck because when you say, hey, I noticed you wanted that toy, this is something I did not realize uh, when our kids were younger. I do now is it's really important to help our kids understand what they need or want yes. and to express it, to articulate it, not just to act on that. Mm-hmm. So is, is am I catching it right? Yes, is that what you were right. doing? Yeah. I mean, you're training the child to know how to do that, uh, how to get what they're wanting, how to get what they need. And maybe it's a time when they can't get that toy. Yeah. And it may be a, a moment where a child said no. I'm not done with this toy. And so now it's respect to that boundary. What new toy or different toy can you choose to play with Mm -hmm. until that one is available? And you're helping them see that and develop what needs to be developed in order to handle those situations. And confronting doesn't have to be yelling. It doesn't have to be screaming in order for it to be effective. It, It can be a moment where you help them see what they're wanting, reset and go to something different. And it requires your guidance, and it also requires you being patient with it. Otherwise, it escalates, and then you you yeah. feel like you failed as a parent. You guys get angry. Uh, and so this is an opportunity to help a child learn how to redirect wants and needs. I appreciate that. And uh, if you benefited from what Danny was just sharing or from what Michelle shared uh, from that grandparenting perspective— Uh, get in touch with us. Let us know that. Donate uh, to the ministry here of Focus on the Family. Um, We're listener-supported. You can make a monthly pledge. uh, That really helps us out through the ups and downs of the fiscal year. The budget is kind of steadied that way. Or a one-time gift uh, makes a big difference, too. Either way, we'll say thanks for joining our support team by sending a copy of Michelle's book, There's a Reason They Call It Grand Parenting. And uh, we'll have all the details in the episode notes. Also, we'll link over to our free parenting assessment, which is a wonderful tool to help you discover maybe some ways that you didn't realize you're doing really well as a mom or a dad and find an area or two to grow in and to improve your game, if you will. We'll link over to that assessment in the show notes, as I said. We'll continue the conversation with Michelle next time as she talks about learning to trust God when her adult daughter moved away. Uh, For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.